0: And welcome to Sunday Coffee. Bart Gregory, Charlie Winfield, just sitting around. We're getting ready for baseball. It's next weekend. Now we can say Friday. We haven't got to say next week, two weeks, three weeks. It's Friday. Friday the Bulldogs are going to open on the road out in Arlington. They'll take on Texas, Texas Tech, and TCU. And we were trying to think of somebody. We had Josh Lovelady on last week. We were talking about getting ready for opening day, and we are like, you know what, we got another guy getting ready for opening day down in the state of Florida with the New York Meds organization. Jake Mangum going to join us. Hey, Jake, man, how's the weather down in Florida? It's it's like 10 degrees here. It's freezing. How is it down in Port St. Lucie?
1: I'm currently sitting on the porch
0: drinking a cup of coffee. And oh, shut up, man. 78 degrees.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think it's supposed to be it's, like below, uh,
0: below freezing here for the next four days.
1: Man, yesterday I saw a graphic of the United States and like, the state of Florida was like, the only state that isn't, like, cold right now. It was 80 degrees yesterday in Florida, and the next closest temperature was Phoenix, Arizona at 50. Oh, man. It's pretty crazy. But um, I'm down here just training, getting ready for spring training. So it's like a, I'm, I'm down here getting live at i against a bunch of um, arms that are training down here in a facility uh, close to it's in Palm Beach Gardens, Florida. Uh, it's a good spot, man. I'm getting a ton of at bats. I'm already like, I already got like close to 30 at bats um, this month. So that's crazy. Uh, so I'll be rolling into spring training ready to go.
2: How is spring training going to be different this year, if at all?
1: Uh, I'm assuming it's just going to, they're going to do their best to follow the CDC guidelines as best they can. Uh, wear a mask when you're not, you know, performing any physical activity. Um, if you want to, uh, you know, just a lot more sanitation stations, a lot more. Uh, there's no, not not going to be any more cafeterias at spring training. I think that's going to be going to be done, but it'll be more of a, here's a box of, or here, here's a lot of, you know, here's your lunch, take it and go. Uh, but that's really it. though. Uh, you know, and we're just going to try to be safe doing it.
0: Talking with Jake Mangum, you know, a couple of years ago, Jake, you, you know, you, you leave here and then all of a sudden you go up to Brooklyn and you have the short season, and then the way it happened last year with everything being cut short. I mean, how was it? It's been you know it's been two years since you've been able to, or a year and a half since you've been able to hit a baseball like in a game. I mean, how's how have the Mets in Major League Baseball handled you know minor leaguers trying to get those at bats? Have you been doing this kind of year round for the last year?
1: Well, it's not really how they handled it. I mean, they, they were stuck in a in a really tough spot on figuring out what to do with the minor leagues just because they had to get the big league season in because that's the revenue uh the minor league season is it was just almost impossible to do it uh, you know impossible is probably a strong word but it, it was really tough for them to do it, it the, the toughest part about it is that if i talk to kids that play travel ball they've played 60 plus more games than me in the last year and a half like 10 year old kids have played way more games than minor leaguers like the only level of baseball that really, really, really took a punch to the face was, you know, was was the college sports. But at least like there were college seasons. It's like you know, once the seasons got canceled, they were able to get play. My man, minor leaguers had nothing. We were stuck, um, you know, just working on our own in cages. So that's why uh, last May, me and Gene Wood moved down to, to South Florida to, to this place I'm at now, training. To get live at bats all summer, Gene Woods, uh he'll be on the TCU baseball team. He graduated with me at Jackson Prep. He's a six-year senior at TCU now. We moved down here, man, to get live at bats, and it was a blessing in disguise. I, I got a ton of at bats last year in 2020 during the summer and uh, leading into the fall, really too, against big league arms. Man, this place I met down here was, you know, there was guys getting ready, and I was able to face them. It was really, really cool, and that now I'm doing the same thing before spring training starts for these guys, but. um you know, it, it was it was a really tough year, but I felt like I developed in a lot of ways that I needed to develop. Um, I, I looked at it positively and not negatively. You know, I've said that a lot the last year. 2020 was a year of development for a lot of guys in, in my eyes. Uh, you, you can look at it like, woe is me, this is, this is BS. Or you can look at it as, okay, God gave me an opportunity to gain some weight I needed to gain. God gave me an opportunity to make some swing changes that I need to change, and I felt like I've done both of those things, and now I'm poised to. Uh, I'm really confident in my ability this year, and I'll be ready to go.
0: Jake, it's almost like I know you, and I know your mentality. It's almost, hey, I want to outwork people. You know, when I get between the lines, I want to cut your throat. I mean, for for a guy, for a guy like you, it's almost like a separation point. You know, you know what I'm saying? It's almost like a mentality of, hey, there's going to be. 50 percent of the guys that go eat cheetos on the you know and, and in the afternoon take 50 swings do you view it like that as this is a chance for me to really make some hay and really gain some ground on a lot of guys
1: absolutely that's exactly how i looked at it but but not so much of, of what other guys are doing because you, you in minor leagues you'll learn this in an organization you you think you're just competing against the guys in your organization right so so my aspect is, okay i'm just going to, going up against the Mets outfield uh, no, the thing about pro baseball is, man, you're competing against like everybody. So, like this, the idea of jumping people in your organization. Look, all you can control is, how, is is how you perform. You can control what you can control, which, in my belief, every day is work ethic and attitude. You can control your attitude and work ethic, and um, you know, and, and and there was. I'm not saying it was easy for me. Look, like even positive people have negative thoughts all the time, and your, and your subconscious will eat at you, telling you not. You know, you're not doing enough, but that's the thing. And, um, you know, you have to keep fighting and tell yourself, hey, I'm getting better every day, and that's all I can control. Uh, Rely on God that his plan is is perfect and just keep going and trust in whatever doors he opens for you, trust full-heartedly that he's got your back. And and that's what I tried to do. It it, it was a tough year. Uh, There was a lot of negatives that went through all that. With all the positives that I did get out of it, I did get better. I, I feel like I am light years ahead of where I was one year ago today. Uh, but fortunately, we were able to go to instructs in the month of October. I performed really, really well there. It was a four-week instruct, did really, really well. So, uh, left with a good taste in my mouth with the mess, I thought. And uh, now just getting ready for a 2021 season.
2: Jake, you talked about swing changes. That's something Bart and I talk a lot about. You see, you know, kids all the way down to very young ages now basically have swing coaches. And then you come through, you know, you've got a high school coach with a mentality, and then you've got a approach that you see in college. And, Now, in baseball, we're hearing so much more about launch angle and guys taking the trip to see teacher man and doing all these things to try to change the way they swing. How much pressure do you feel to be a different kind of hitter coming up in pro baseball? Or how much of it is just, hey, look, I know what got me here, and I'm going to keep being the same player I was?
1: Yeah, you know, everyone always talks about this launch angle era of baseball. It's awesome. It's it's awesome. I think it's. I think there's a happy medium that's good for the game. I, I, I don't like seeing the game go into home run or strikeouts, and I don't think it'll ever get to that as close as it did get. It felt like the last couple of years. But, you know, I, here's here's my take on it. Obviously, what I did in college was really, really good. I, I performed really well, and a lot of people could say that, hey, man, you should never change your approach. Stick to it, and it'll work. And then there's on the other hand, there's a lot of people that will say, hey, man, if you stick to that approach, it's not going to work in pro ball. So I get both of those words going into my each year you know what i'm saying and i took it as why not why can't there be a happy meeting so, so that's what i've looked at I, i've tried to get as big and strong as i can without losing mobility and i think i've done that i, I actually i know i've done that i've put on a lot of good weight uh i played college ball at like 175 from 195 range now the swing change part it's i needed to make a swing change and i thought whenever a guy gave us you know, 2020 without a season, I was like, okay, like this is the perfect opportunity for me to do things that I normally couldn't do. So I made some major swing changes. I wouldn't even say major. I've made some swing changes that allows me to have more room for error at point of contact. Instead of giving me like a three inch window to hit a line drive. Now, now I've given myself a, you know, a couple more inches of that, of that sweet spot zone just by getting my bat path on plane earlier. And it has been a huge difference. I'm, I'm hitting live, pitching really, really well. Just ready to roll, man. And, and that was the big thing. Anytime I went on any show or talking to kids last year, I said, hey, man, you can look at this like this sucks, or you can look at this like, wow, I'm giving a, I'm giving a long offseason. You know, in college, you, you never really get an offseason because fall ball, man, it's, it's almost harder than the spring. You, you got, you got. Fall practice, you got classes, you got tutors, you got all this stuff going on football weekends. It's just so busy in the fall, really in college. And then you go play summer ball after the season. So there, there is no off-season in college. And I think that's the one thing that you wish could maybe change, but it's, it's just logistically it can't happen. But in college, though, you're just never really given that off-season to put on weight, to make a major swing change. And 2020, man, it was like, hey, here's your opportunity. You know what I mean? So I, I, and I used it as as positively as I could, and I, I did the things that I normally couldn't do.
0: Talking with Jake Mangum down at uh, spring training. we getting ready for spring training. You know, Jake, you talk about changing your swing and, and trying to, to, to give yourself more room for error. And you look back over your career, and I think when you start talking to coaches, and Charlie and I talk about this a good bit, about you know, knowing your scouting report. I mean, so many times when you start talking about the mentality of the game, you're getting a scouting report from the, the opposing pitcher every single day, but you know that that pitcher is getting a scouting report of Jake Mangum. If you look back to, say, three, four years ago, you, as far as your scouting report, what was your kryptonite? I mean, if you talk about making changes, was there a certain pitch, and it may not have been, was there a certain pitch that may have been the kryptonite to get Jake Mangum?
1: It's funny, me and my dad talked talked about this actually two days ago because every day I'll call my dad, let him know how the live at-bats are going down here, how I felt in the box, you know, how it went, stuff like that. Like matter of fact, whenever we get off the phone, I'm about to go face Corey Kluber one last time before he heads the spring training, which is you know stuff like that. It's just it's an awesome opportunity that I cannot believe I'm given. You know, I'm getting live at bats against the best of the best down here. It's it's really cool. So I, I see, I, I, I see like what the major leaguers have, and, and man, they're really good at what they do. First off, I'll say that. But the big thing I've seen is. The scouting report for me in college, man, it, it's, the crazy thing is, is I got myself out more than anyone on our baseball team every year, meaning I understood my role on the Mississippi State baseball team. And everyone was always like, man, you just didn't hit for power. Yeah, well, the sad thing is no one ever came up to me and asked, why? Well, here's why. It's because my freshman year, I was a buck 60 pounds. I hit ground balls that got through the hole and it worked. I hit 420 in the SEC. Why would I go into the off season trying to make changes to my swing? Sophomore year rolls around. I'm hitting 390 when I break my hand. I break my hand, my average falls to 300. My hand gets better. I kept playing through that. My hand gets better, my average started raised again. I finished the year at like 340. Another good year. Why why would I go into the off season trying to change that? Sophomore year I was seen as a late round draft pick cuz I was draft eligible and the next thing you know I'm like, "All right, well, the, obviously what I'm doing right now You know, getting 100 hits a year isn't working. So junior year, I tried to drive the ball more, and I did. Junior year, I think I led the SEC in doubles, I'm pretty sure. And that's still. I go to the draft, and, you know, I didn't hit enough home runs. So, But I had another great year, another great year of average, and I did my job as a leadoff hitter for the Mississippi State baseball team to win. I needed to get on base. How do you do that? Base hits, walks, hit by pitches. I took my hip hop pitches. I didn't walk enough, and this brings up my scouting report. In college, my scouting report, and even high school, I would tell you that my scouting report would be just don't throw me a strike because I'm probably going to swing at it doing all I can to get on base. In college, I would take a 2 0 fastball on the outside black of the plate and slap it off of. Now, my approach is I'm going to take that, get the 2 1, and I'm going to try to get a pitch I can drop because I trust my two strike ability. So I'd say that my biggest My biggest scouting report in college would be just don't give me a pitch to hit because I'm probably going to go chase it. And if you go back and watch my bats in college, man, I hit anywhere from 350 to 400 every year. And the crazy thing is, is I got myself out a lot chasing bad pitches.
2: Jake, you, you bring up an interesting point talking about when you're playing at Mississippi State, you're doing a role. You're the leadoff hitter and you've got a job to do as that leadoff hitter. In the minor leagues... As you're trying to work your way up, is there less emphasis on being the classic leadoff guy, being the classic two-hole hitter, so to speak? Do they care yes, less about roles?
1: Uh, to an extent. I mean, it, they really like exit velocity. So if you're hitting the ball at 90 or harder off the bat, you know, they're, they're going to be happy. And then you're happy at every level with that. But, man, really it's just putting together good at-bats, man. It, it, there's no secret to professional baseball. If you hit, you play. If you hit, you move in the, in the system. If you hit, there's a spot on the field for you. And and I think that that holds true even today. If there's any doubt, man, you hit, you play. And uh, no matter where you're at in the lineup, if you can just perform in the box, you're going to play for a long time.
0: Talking with Jake Mangum. Jake, let me ask you this question. And this is probably something you've been asked a lot, especially when you were here. I mean, you had four head coaches in four years. Is that something that's helped you now because you had to adapt to change? You know, some, some guys get in the program – and they're there. They're locked in. Same guys. Same approach for four straight years. And then you've got for you. You had different guys seeing different things. Do you think that helped
1: you? The four head coaches in four years thing is. It, it was. It was tough. Uh, every year coming into a new a, a new guy at the helm was was difficult. But I think uh, I think that was you know just God kind of allowing me to 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 witness that and be a part of that with less pressure, I guess you could say. Because each time we had a new head coach, I mean, like sophomore year, we had a new head coach, Like, but I was coming back as the SEC batting title champion. There's not much pressure if you're going to play or not. You know what I mean? Um, like, I, I knew I was going to be the starter. So each year, it was like, all right, all right, all right. Starting job is mine. Because freshman year, it was a grind, man. I was ranked the worst player on the team going into Christmas break by my teammates. Came back and won a batting title. So like, it how those years change year to year. So freshman year, it was like, man, what can I do to get on this baseball field? sophomore year it was like all right like they're expecting you to be a leader as a young guy you, you got to lead this team uh, thank god i had cody brown josh lovelady Rooker that year to help but you know it was just it was just that's just how it was so it, it was a lot of pressure going into each year because i knew i had to perform but it was good i i liked that pressure and then senior year coming back with a batting you know the sec hits thing looming over my head man there was a lot of pressure going into every year and state fans, they'll let you know if you're struggling. I love them to death, but they will let you know if you're struggling. Because junior year, I was hitting like 350, and we're 2-7 and seven in the SEC, and man, it, nothing was good enough. And then we ultimately go to Omaha. But I'm thankful for those four years, with you know, switching coaches and all that, all this change, because I'm going through it right now with the Mets. In 2020, I was invited early to spring training in February. So this time last year was like my – today last year, Valentine's Day, I'm pretty sure, was my first day of spring training. Uh, the minor leaguers didn't report to camp until March 8th. Very similar to what's going on today because the big leaguers are reporting tomorrow. So last year I would have gone to it, but this year I'm not going. Quite frankly, I'm upset about it, but I'm going to keep preparing. I'm going to keep working until I am reporting to camp. Um, but here's the thing. I, I was able to go a month early last year in February. I played really, really well. COVID hits. We get sent home March 11th. So I come back down to Florida again to get all these live at-bats. And then we have Instructs in October. Did really well in Instructs. After instructs, our new owner cleans house. We get a new owner, he cleans house. The Mets the Mets reap, you know, find new positions everywhere. So now we have all this turnover with the Mets. I'm upset because I feel like if the old regime was still here, I'd be I'd be a part of a non-roster invite to Big League Spring training. I'd be there tomorrow. But sadly that's not the case. We have a new regime, they don't know much about me. I'm not going. It's very tough news that I got a couple of days ago. I understand. But at the same time, you know, it's tough because you, you believe in your ability wholeheartedly. And when when someone says you're not included, it, it's going to hurt your feelings. And if anyone tells you otherwise, they're lying to you. So I'm going through that right now. And I feel like I almost have to start back over, which is OK, because I know if I hit this year, I'll move. But I, I feel like those four years at State taught me how to handle this situation I'm in now, because now I got a new regime here with the Mets. And then now I got to go prove them what I can do on the baseball field. And that's ultimately, I think, why I'm not there now, because we have a a new regime and they don't know much about me. But that's okay. I'll wait my turn. So those four years of state taught me how to handle the situation that I'm in right now. So my so if any kids out there listen to this, I want you to realize don't take rejection as rejection. Take rejection as redirection. Okay. Last year when COVID hit, I, it was like, oh, you're rejected the 2020 season. No, I'm, re- I'm, I'm redirected into something I can, I can gain from this, okay? I'm able to do things that I can't do because my plans are changed, okay? I was hoping to go to camp tomorrow, not going to camp. What does that mean? I get another month and a half to, to improve my game, to improve my strength, to improve my live at bat, you know all that stuff. So that's my message to any kid out there listening, man. Whenever something doesn't go your way, find the positives out of it, okay? Even positive people have negative thoughts. Remember that. Even positive people have negative thoughts, and it's just what you do with those negative thoughts. Do you beat them or do you let them beat you? And that's what I've been able to do the last year and a half, and that's why I'm so ready to go. I'm just itching to get out there because I know that I've, I've done everything in my power to, to become better every day in the last year and a half.
0: Hey, you know, Sam's is going – he's kind of opposite right now. He, he finds the negative yeah. every positive uh, that that that's the thing. I mean, Jen, Jen cooks good sp- good spaghetti, and he's like, you know, I ha- I've had better, and so I've got to get him turn three. I've got to get him turn one eighty. Hey, I've got a great picture of you and him at Auburn, two thousand sixteen. You were a freshman, and so it, it's amazing to see kind of how you grew up through the program. And I think he was like five, and then when you left, no, he was like four or five, and then when you left, he was like eight, and so he's still he he's still bats right handed, but he'll flip over to the left side and say okay here here's how Jake does it so anyway it's kind of it's kind of funny to see
2: you know i was interested in Jake's comment about state fans letting you know where you're staying you know we visited <laughs> Jake last year we got to visit with uh Steve Smith we spent about an hour with him he's the head coach at Tennessee Tech now and course was the pitching coach at Auburn and had been the pitching coach here at Mississippi State recruited Eric Debose and all those guys and we were talking about the difference in playing different places, and he said the beauty of Mississippi State was you never had to motivate your players. You never had to tell them they weren't playing good because they'd find out before they got to the dugout <laughs> with the people in the stands. But that <laughs> so kind of leads me to discussion. You know, Bart and I have given a lot of credit to Chris Limonis in in this sense. A lot of times new coaches come in, and they it's almost like you talk about turnover. Sometimes these new regimes feel like they have to put their stamp on it, that they have to do it their way, that they have to do things. And if you go back and you you look at Chris's first year here, he made some changes. You know, we moved Foskew to second base, which, I mean, what's that do for his career, right, and the team? But it didn't feel from the outside like he was trying to do too much to change a good thing. Is that a
1: fair reading of it? Yeah, that and the awesome part about Coach Lamonas is, is we get back from Omaha junior year and we have a meeting with our new head coach. His first thing was like, hey, guys, I'm not coming in here trying to change and put my foot down and make changes like like a normal new head coach would. Y'all just coming back from Omaha, I'm here to make sure that we keep this great thing going. I'm not here to change up much stuff. Just I'm going to do some a couple of nitpicky things here and there. But overall, let's do this thing together. And, and that's what he did so well. And that's why I loved Coach Lamona's my senior year.
0: Jake, you know, looking at this year's team, are you able to keep in touch with guys that may be still here? I mean, I know you've been gone a couple years now, but, I mean, how how in tuned are you with going into this season? I mean, there's a lot of talk around college baseball. The thing about college baseball this year is it's so loaded from top to bottom, especially in this league. Everybody's going to have great pitching. Everybody's going to have good hitting. But, man, I tell you what, when when you look at teams that have veterans – a guy like a Tanner Allen, you know, T.A. Josh Hatcher, you know, Rowdy Jordan. Are you able to keep up with those guys and 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 kind of you know, see what they're going through, getting ready for this season?
1: Yeah, I, I, I talk to T.A. Rowdy Hatch all the time, man. Uh, um, Spencer Price, Riley Self, you know, all all the old guys on the team that that have been there through it all, man. I I, I know that they're going to lead the team well this year. I, I have no doubt that the leadership will be there. It's baseball, man. They can come out and start slow, but just stick with them. Or they can come out and start hot. Just stick with them. Or, you know, there's going to be ups and downs of this season. So just stick with them, man. Just be happy baseball's back to the fan base out there. the Mississippi State's going to be really good this year. Uh, they're talented, they're balled in, and they got a great coaching staff. So uh, when you got all three of those things clicking, uh, I know it's going to be dangerous. That doesn't. Does that mean they're going to start the season 15 and 0? No. Stick with them. You, there's no telling how this season starts or finishes. If My years at Mississippi State showed anything. No matter how it starts, just stick with them all the way through it.
2: Yeah, it's interesting. Bart and I were talking last week. There are going to be some very, very good baseball teams that finish at
1: 500 in the league. 100%. And that's just, that's exactly what Whenever we heard. Everyone gets their year back. We knew that that's what's going to happen. As long as I've been out of the league in college, the crazy thing is, is this is everyone's 2020 team plus the 2021 recruiting class. So the, the year after I left in 2020, the first year without uh, me playing college baseball, every one of those teams is back. Mine the the top top five draft picks, the top five round draft picks. Um, but man, I'm excited to see what happens this year. So I can't wait to watch next week or this week. Wow, you're right. It's Friday,
0: Jake. Before we let you go, is there a is there an opening day memory? I mean, looking back at your time at state, is there an opening day memory? Is there a, a some a memory that stands out to you? You talk about that love-hate a minute ago <laughs> when you start talking about not not performing well and fans will let you know it. But you embraced Mississippi State. Mississippi State embraced you. But looking back over your four years, is there any one, two moments that, that stand out to you that said, you know what, that that's what it's all about?
1: Opening day was always eventful. We'll walk it through backwards because freshman year was my favorite opening day. Man, senior year, we get Youngstown State, brand-new ballpark. Opening day finally went well. We sweep opening weekend, new ballpark, yay, celebrations, Palmero, Clark, Paul walking around, high-fiving. Great experience. Thank goodness we finally had a good opening weekend. Junior year, we go down to Hattiesburg and get our teeth kicked in for three games, and, and our head coach steps down after that third game. You know, so junior year opening weekend wasn't the best. Sophomore year opening weekend also wasn't the best because I'm pretty sure we had a four game weekend with Texas Tech and like South Dakota State. We beat South Dakota State twice. Texas Tech beats us twice. I'm pretty sure. I think we were like two and two. Might be wrong. I can't remember exactly. It's been a while. But the freshman year was a cool one, man. We had FAU opening night. About thirteen thousand fans at the game. It was one of those cold Februaries, But for some reason, opening opening day was perfect. I went into the coach's offices the night before my freshman year opening day, and I was like, hey, I, I think I want a red shirt. And uh, Nick Mangione was actually like, hey, you're an idiot. I think you're starting tomorrow night. He didn't say you're an idiot, but like basically, like, hey, you're starting tomorrow night. And um, someone got suspended opening night, and, uh, and somehow that moved someone to, to a position, and, and I snuck a start. I snuck a snart start opening day. I go 0 for 4, make an error in left field throwing. And I remember the next day, going over the video, Coach Cohen jumped. He didn't directly say me, but he was like, I started a freshman last night, and he damn sure wasn't ready. That won't happen again. And next thing you know, I'm like, oh, yep, there goes my shot. So I have to ride the punches, and you know, I'm, I'm not playing for a long time. I keep getting pinched at bats. And for like a month, man, I'm just scrapping pinching at bats and I finally get back in the lineup against Vanderbilt whenever SEC play opened up. But opening day, man, freshman year, a brand-new ballpark. I was hitting the ball really well in scrimmages. I roll out there as a freshman at buck sixty and I go 0-4, make an air. And that was it. Uh, it took me a long time to get back in the lineup.
0: Yeah, I think Charlie was doing a game with me that day. I think he looked at me and said, "Hey, this Mangum kid ain't gonna cut it. I don't, I don't. Know. He's gonna end up, he's gonna end up at a, a D two school somewhere." No, I don't think he said that. No, in <laughs> fact, I, I most certainly did not. And if I had, I wouldn't be admitting it now. <laughs> Jake, hey man, we appreciate it, brother, and uh, good luck to you. And if we can do anything for you, let us know, okay?
1: Hey, uh, you got it, man. Thank you guys for having me. Let's get this ball season started. I'll be watching every game. Can't wait. Appreciate you, brother. Talk to you. And it's Jake
0: Mangum down with the uh, Mets organization. You know, right city, wrong team. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. Hey, I like the Mets in 86. I was <laughs> yes. in a, I mean, I think that 86 Mets team probably goes down as probably one of the craziest teams of all time. You had Dykstra leading off. You had Backman right behind him playing in second. Boy, he Hernandez want to be entertained. Just do some YouTube
2: searches on Wally Backman.
0: Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Daryl Strawberry, Doc Gooden, Gary Carter was the nice guy behind the plate, Howard Johnson, Hojo, who was the shortstop? Rafael Santana was the shortstop. Uh, Kevin McReynolds. I'm going to go through the whole lineup right here. Yeah, that was a – and most of those guys came through Jackson. Most of those guys came through with the Jackson Mets. But, anyway, it's good to see Jake. And it's it's a different mentality when you get to minor league baseball. I look back at, at Mangum's career here. And the thing that stands out to me, Charlie, and he talked about it just a little bit, it was almost like Dak from a standpoint of you're asking a college kid to be a lot, to be a lot not only on the field but off the field. You have A spokesman
2: for an entire sport.
0: You have no idea about walking to class and how many people want to take a selfie. And it's it's just for a 20- to 21-year-old kid. You've got to have a different mentality. You know, and I thought Dak – and Jake both handled it well. Because after ball games, you know, you you walk out after ball games. You got your parents there, you got your family there. You know, you want to talk to them, and then you've got, you know, 75 12-year-olds who want you to take a picture with them or sign a bat, and he never ever turned anyone away. He always handled it the right way. And when you it's cool when it starts. And I'm not I'm not hey, everybody would love the 15 minutes.
2: But but you but also – there's a reason that Tiger Woods has a boat named Privacy, Yeah. right? Now and then you just want to get away.
0: And I, I look back at what Jake did, and I think that's one of the things that stands out to me is the way he handled the pressure off the field and then, you know, what he was going through that, that senior year to get the the, the hits and the way that, that those teams were. And I think, hey, you start looking at those teams. You, you look at a Brent Rooker, a Josh Lovelady, and you see kind of how they – You know, laid the groundwork. That's the positive about Bangham is he saw good leadership early in his career of, hey, this is how I can be late in my career because you couldn't find better leadership on a team than a Brent Rooker or a Josh Lovelady and some of those guys. He was able to learn from some really good guys early in his career. He was. But I'll tell you the thing,
2: too, that he touched on that I don't think people appreciated enough in the moment was – you know, it's pretty cool to have the countdown signs for the hit record, and it's pretty cool to have the update on how close he is to the record every day. But he's the guy that's got to wear that expectation because everybody expected it to happen. You know, it's one thing for people to expect you to get a hit, it's another to stand in the box and do it. I mean, it's really difficult to do. And you hear even in the major leagues how many guys talk about as they approach milestones, be it 3,000 hits or what have you, that they're glad it's over. Yeah, They're glad that somebody's not asking me about it now because every day that you're asked about it, you're just kind of reminded that you're expected to go do these things.
0: And I think that's one of the reasons I really like this team is because you have some veterans You've got guys that have been to the College World Series. You've got a, a Tanner Allen, a Rowdy Jordan, a Josh Hatcher. You just look around the, the lineup. I mean, you've got some guys that have been there and done that because they know. They know there's going to be a lot of pressure on this team, and you know how you handle pressure. You, you talk, we talked about a minute ago. I mean, this team are they going to start 15 and 0? I mean, I'd love to. I would love to start 15 and 0. But what if you start 10 and 5? You know, what kind of leadership do you have? to, hey, guys, we've been here before. We've done this before. We can get this thing turned around. I, that, that's one of the reasons I like this team a lot. Charlie, I enjoyed it, man. That was that was fun. It's always good to talk with you know, with, with Jake and Josh Lovelady and, and all these guys because they understand it. This is going to be a lot of fun. We may have some adversity just because everybody's so good.
2: Well, one thing I wanted to tag on that you talked about, and that is the value of experience and the value of being there. One of the guys who always comes to mind when we talk about those things to me is Jared LeBelt. Yeah. LeBelt, his first year here, you wondered if he would be on the roster the next year. And then he, come in, he comes back the next year, and he's one of your best, if not the best, arm you've got out of the pen. And what the difference was, it seemed to me, was just the fact that you've stood there in front of those fans, you've been on that mound, you're used to that noise, you're used to that energy, because, look, you can be really, really good in fall. It's different. Oh, yeah. It is different when those lights are turned on and there's seven, eight, nine, ten thousand 10,000 people in there. It's different. And I really believe that talent is not going to be the separator between teams in this league this year. They're all talented. They're all really good. I think the thing that's going to separate teams is exactly what you talked about, and that is experience. You can't have more experience, basically, on a college baseball team in center, in right, and at first base than you're going to have this year. You've are you got three core guys in that lineup that have been through anything you want to throw at them. They've competed at the highest level of college baseball, both nationally and within the league. I think that's going to be important. I think that's why, when you look around, teams like Vanderbilt are going to be really good because they've been there. I think this team has a chance. I I really do believe if you ask me right now to look in the future, I have a feeling that you and I are going to be sitting here on a weekday show defending a team that is and 20-8, that is and 18-9, and people are going to be saying we're not playing that good. Look, in the major leagues, you win 90 out of 162 games, and you've had a really good year. It's the margin is so thin between being a really good team and and a bad team when you have that much parity. Well, that's where we are this year. I'm telling you, I really believe there's going. Your people are just going to have to adjust their measure of good and bad because I just don't. There's not going to be a 23 and seven team in this league.
0: There's not going to be a 50 win team overall.
2: If there is,
0: if there is, tip a, your hat, yeah. name
2: them coach of the year and. Just go ahead and fill out the all-league team with those guys because it will have been an exceptional year. I think we're going to have – you mentioned this on our last show. This is a year that true baseball fans are going to enjoy because you're going to have a chance to go out there on Tuesdays, on Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And if you can step back a little bit from the pressure of I want to win, I want to win a league title, and take a long view. And if you can sit down in the seat and say, I want to watch a good baseball game, I think you're going to see a lot of good baseball played, even in the midweek this year.
0: No doubt. Hey, man, enjoyed it. It's always fun for Sunday coffee. We'll be back in the uh, in the midweek Thursday night as we get ready for the the preview of the season. Man, the season starts on Friday. Hey, That's listen, crazy, isn't it? Y'all be careful out there this week to get on some ice. You start spinning. You know, a lot of people don't understand when you start spinning on ice. Turn into the skid. You turn into the skid. You keep it going 12 o'clock on the clock, all right? You want to You want to point your wheels the direction you want to keep going. And if you hit ice, take your foot off the gas pedal. Okay? That's
2: so difficult. It but is. But you're
0: right. It is. All right. Wrap your pipes. It's going to be cold. Drip your water. It's, I dripped it last night. It's going to be cold. Y'all be careful out there. And we'll see you guys uh, Thursday night for Out of Left Field.